Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. I want to speak into uh, us as a church right now. Praise God. Everyone say, I'm ready. Shout it at me. Praise God. Seven statements, and then I want to lean into it just for a little bit, and we'll just see what God wants to do. Uh, I saw a picture of you as a church collectively. In other words, like this room with everyone in the room. Everyone look around now. You can see other people in the room. I saw a picture of you as a church collectively. And then I saw, and I want you to get this, then I saw individuals um, being repositioned for greater fruitfulness. Repositioned. For greater fruitfulness. Sometimes we hit ceilings, not because we are poor leaders or bad Christians, but because we are in wrong positions. Position matters. And I want to encourage you that God is taking you into a time and a season where, and and I really want you to get this by the Spirit. I'm going to do my best just to download it, Phil. And I, I want every person to pick this up in your spirit. Don't say what's wrong with me or what's wrong with what I'm doing when God initiates through what He says to you by His Spirit or what He says through a leader where there's a, you've been doing this. I really feel that God wants you to step into this or do this. You've been leading this. I feel that there's a season God wants you to do this because for everything, there's a time and a season and repositioning in God increases fruitfulness. It's not, no no one in this room owns a position. Can I hear an amen to that? Come on, God owns us all. God owns us, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Come on, you've been bought with a price. Therefore, honour God. God, if you place me here, I will flourish and shine for you. If you place me here, I will flourish and shine for you. And sometimes God needs to reposition us because of what He wants to do in us. And sometimes it's because He wants to do something through us. Don't allow the position to become your identity. Jesus is your identity. If we can't be moved with a, without, a good, without a good attitude, then the position has us. We don't have the position. If your position, if you fight over position, then there's something wrong in the spiritual relationship with us and Father. Paul could flourish in prison. Joseph could flourish in prison and being betrayed. Hang on, you gave me a dream, God. You said this is going to happen. Now I'm betrayed and and now I'm in prison, but I'm still going to flourish. I'm still going to interpret dreams. I'm still going to operate in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Come on. I'm in the lion's den. Come on, praise God. Shagrat, Michigan, Bendigo. Even God can save us and God will. But if He doesn't, we're just going to still have a Holy Ghost praise party because it doesn't matter if we're free or in prison or in a pit or in a fiery furnace. The position doesn't matter. It's not what I'm in, it's who's in me. Come on. The greatest thing in our life is not the presence or absence of problems. It's the presence or absence of God. That's what defines us. If you're going through a challenge, stop focusing on the challenge and start to focus on the God that walks with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. And God says, I'm repositioning people for greater fruitfulness. Do you receive the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. 
I feel like I just need to breathe. <laughs> Praise God. You good? Yes. Second thing I, I heard was this. Sometimes the accelerator is needed and sometimes the brakes are needed. And we need the wisdom of God to know what it is time for. Don't accelerate when you are meant to break. And don't break when you're meant to accelerate. Come on. Not everything in God is full steam ahead all the time. For everything, there is a time and season. Sometimes it's a time to plant. Sometimes it's a time to reap. Sometimes there's a time to be powering forward. Sometimes there's a time to be still and know that He is God. Don't have a, a full steam ahead all the time. And don't have it, well, if God wants to do something. No, we need to know when it's time to accelerate and when it is time to break. Third thing I saw is I saw someone in the pulpit opening God's Word, reading it, and then you accepting it. I saw this in contrast to you debating it. For some of us in this room, I heard the Lord say there is too much thinking and not enough believing. Acceptance of God's word of truth must have an element of faith. And faith is the evidence of what we do not see, we do not understand, we do not comprehend. And we live in a day where the world, and dare I say, too many in the church are debating God's Word rather than accepting God's Word. God's Word is truth. That's it, full stop. If He declared it to be true, it is true. If He declared it to be good, it is good. God created the light and He separated light from the darkness. And I want to declare by the Spirit of God across the, the churches in Australia, God says, I want to separate light from darkness. It is not time to call darkness light and call it love. It is time to accept. If God says that, I believe it. That settles it. You can have godly conversations over things we don't understand with a heart posture of teach me your ways, Lord. That's okay. But not, I don't like that. So that can't mean what it says it means. So I need to be able to come up with a, a, a reason why that is not truth. That's not progressive. That's not loving. That's not helpful. It's just wrong. And I see the word being preached and I see you standing up on your feet and saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Like this embracing of the word of truth. Can, can I just say the way I'm preaching and talking about this? This is what you call normal Christianity. But because the bar has been lowered so much, we have accepted a subnormal and then we look at people like me and go, he's a bit radical and fanatical. I am subnormal still. I am subnormal, Marty. I am subnormal in the kingdom of God. You need to hear this. I haven't raised the dead recently. I haven't walked on water. Come on, greater things shall you do. Let's not set the bar so low that we trip over it. Come on, people. God is calling us up. Where it's like this wholehearted abandon. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You said it. I believe it. Hallelujah. 
I heard the phrase, miracles are normal. They are not for that group or that group or that church. The Lord says they are for this church. (laughs) And do you believe this? Do you believe that miracles are normal for Generation City Church? Come on, church, I need you to get a bit. I need you to engage with the Word today. Do you believe this is normal? Because the Lord says to not believe that this is normal, that miracles are normal, is to not see God accurately. And if we don't see God accurately, how can the world see God accurately through us? Miracles are normal. And I heard the Lord say, I am repositioning you for this. It's a sick person. We lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. Come on, come on. You might say, but it didn't happen. It has not happened when I pray for people probably more times than it has happened. But I can't create a theology out of my lack. I got to go again. 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 It's our perseverance and our um, unwillingness to step away from what God has declared that actually pleases Him. I'm going to pray again. I'm going to pray again. I heard the phrase, the devil is never right. I'm giving you some foundational things to just start to explore together as a church. I want you to hear this. The devil is never right. Would you say it with me? The devil is never right. Anything that is contrary to God's word is never right. Regardless of how convincing the arguments or the evidence. Did you hear me? I'll say it again. The devil is never right. And anything that is contrary to God's word is never right, regardless of how convincing the argument or the evidence. We just need to land here. Two more. I heard the phrase, push the limits in the right direction. Push the limits in the right direction. Pushing the limits is never the goal of life. (laughs) I've met too many Christians that thrive and pride themselves on how they push the limits. And man, I'll, I'll go, that's not the goal. Pushing the limits in the right direction is the goal. Taking kingdom ground is what we are called to do. And this will involve pushing the man made naturally minded limitations imposed by reason, logic, and understanding. That's the statement that the Lord said. This is one of the key statements I want you to lean into today. Taking kingdom ground is what we are called to do. Come on, church. 
taking kingdom ground, not just being saved, not just coming to church, come on, not just giving my tithes, not just singing some songs, taking kingdom ground is what God has called you, 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 you and me and the church to do. Jesus spoke about the church twice in the kingdom, 130 something times. John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. Jesus said, when you pray, pray the kingdom. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. We've made it too much about the church and not enough about the kingdom. And the kingdom is God's royal authority ruling on this earth through the people of God on this earth as in heaven. Our measure is not another church. Our measure is not another denomination. Our measure is not our past. Our measure is, is it allowed in heaven? Then we allow it on earth. If it's forbidden in heaven, we forbid it on earth. And the Lord says taking kingdom ground is what we are called to do. And this will always involve pushing the man-made, naturally-minded limitations imposed by reason, logic, and understanding. God is calling you to be a people of great faith and great confidence in God. Great faith and great confidence in God. And here's a question to be asked. Are we pushing the limits in the right direction? John O'Carely, are we pushing the limits in the right direction? I release this deep into your spirits right now. As a church, are we pushing the limits in the right direction? Or are we, uh, what's our goal as a church? Come on, where are we here? I just feel so strong in my spirit, taking kingdom ground. Thinking it almost needs to become our motto. Taking kingdom ground. Come on, taking kingdom territory. Taking kingdom territory. What does that mean? Taking ground off the devil. Isn't it about time we took some ground off the devil? Isn't it about time we saw some prodigals come home? Isn't it about time that we saw the, some sick people getting raised up and healed? Isn't this what Jesus did? But, but how does it happen? It doesn't happen if God, if you want to do it, you can do it. That doesn't help anybody. God says, I am willing. I haven't changed my mind. Jesus said, I am willing. I am willing. And he's still willing. He's still willing. But he says, are you hungry? Are you going to push through the crowd to touch the hem of my garment? Are you going to break open the roof and lower down a man in a stretcher? Are you going to be like blind by a mass and say, son of David, have mercy on me. And when you're told to be quiet, you say, no, no, no. Even the rocks will cry out and praise. And I need my miracle today. Could almost get excited in this house today. I heard the Lord say, I am calling them up before I am sending them out. I am calling them up before I am sending them out. And then he said this to me, some of you just want to get on and do the job. And God wants to deepen our intimacy with him and our revelation from him before he extends his territory and his influence through us. Foundations matter. What you build upon matters. What we build upon matters. In John chapter 3 verse 30, 
John the Baptist is talking about Jesus and he said he must increase, but I must decrease. How many people think that's probably just the word that the church globally needs right now? Come on, I'm just, I'm just meditating on this right now as I'm speaking to you. He must increase. He must increase. I must decrease. Well, we need to understand what that's saying and what it's not saying. It doesn't mean that God needs to increase. It doesn't mean that he needs to get bigger and more powerful. Are you with me? All knowing is all knowing. You can't get more knowing than all knowing, right? He is all powerful. You can't get more powerful than all powerful. John the Baptist is not saying Jesus is good, but come on, just you need to increase, you need to get a bit more. He's saying in my thinking, in my mind, in my passions, in my pursuits, in my conversations, in my affections, it's got to become more about you and less about me. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, let's start at the first point. Deny yourself. Come on. You decrease, him increase. And this is where God is taking us as a people. I just want to talk for a few moments before we pray. And by a few moments, I mean until I've finished. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Come on, preach with me. Preach with me. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. The whole, can I preach? Can I preach? Is that all right? The, the Holy Spirit is not a Pentecostal thing. Don't go quiet on me. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is not a Pentecostal church thing. The Holy Spirit is God. He's always been. He's not a new thing. He's not a denominational thing. The book of, the, 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 sorry, the Holy Spirit is not a book of Acts thing. He manifests, he did something in the book of Acts. But he was there hovering over the waters in Genesis chapter 1. He is not an it's. He is not an anointing. He is not an expression. He is the person of the Holy Ghost. He is the person of God. And we need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be bold enough to say the only legitimate churches are churches that are Holy Spirit filled, saturated. I'm saying according to the Bible's pattern. Isn't it time to get back to the Bible? It's not, but I don't really like it and they don't really. What's that got to do with anything? What I like is nothing to do with what we're actually meant to believe, accept and pursue. The Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. The Holy Spirit was moving all through the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was moving all through the New Testament. And I declare by the Spirit of God, He's moving all through the earth today. And He is reviving His people. We need the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4, 6 says, So He said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Great name. If you're looking for a kid's name, go for it. Not by might. 
not by your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. I declare in the church, Jono, I declare it's not by your might, it's not by your power, it's not by your intelligence, it's not by your understanding, it's not by your background, it's not by your family line, it's not by your experiences, it's by my spirit, says the Lord, and it hasn't changed. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. Acts 17, 28 says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. That's talking about God. The last time I checked, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God. We can't even live or exist outside of Him. We need the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? We don't need to understand. Hmm. If we're going to really have the Holy Spirit in His fullness, we need to... Let go of our own understanding. A lot of people don't even position themselves to receive the Holy Spirit in the fullness of what He intends because we don't understand things about the Holy Spirit, about the church, about this denomination or that denomination or what happens if this happens and that happens. We want to manage the Holy Spirit so that our expectations are not disappointed. Come on, church. We need to understand, Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And over recent times, the Lord's been speaking to me and says, you cannot trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on, rely on your own understanding at the same time. It has to be one or the other. And it's not, I, I, Sally's heard me a lot speak about understanding, understanding, understanding. And the Lord just this morning highlighted, understanding is not the issue. It's your own understanding. It's leaning on, relying on your own understanding. Are you with me, church? Come on, knowledge. God wants to increase our knowledge. But knowledge that is there for me to know something puffs up, the Bible says. And God is looking for a people when it comes to the Holy Spirit that you trust the Lord. If you want to manage the Holy Spirit, you'll miss out on the Holy Spirit, full stop. If we want to manage the Holy Spirit, we'll miss out. But what happens if people get into the flesh? Well, then they're going to get into the flesh anyway. Don't, don't stop pushing in because some people do the wrong thing. We've got, to, we've got to fully embrace the Holy Spirit again. We need to be born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Can I hear an amen to that? John 3, 3 to 6, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. They are born again. Well, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. In other words, he went straight to the natural. <laughs> Jesus answered, no, 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 you got it wrong. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and of the spirit because the flesh gives birth to the flesh. The natural reproduces the natural, but it's the spirit of the most high God that gives birth to the spirit of God in us. You cannot be born again unless the Spirit, can I hear an amen? And if you've been born again, 
You have the Holy Spirit. I'm not preaching a different doctrine. You can't be born again without the Spirit. People say, I didn't need to be baptized and I received the Holy Spirit when I was born again. Of course you did, as did the disciples of Jesus Christ. But we also need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is with a dividing line amongst the churches. I've got the Holy Spirit. Well, the, the, the disciples, oh, let, me, let me just read. Ephesians 5, 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Not just a little bit, filled. Filled means there's no room for anything else. Come on. It's not like when you say, my suitcase is full but then you can fit another three or four things inside of it. It means there's no room. It's starting to come over the top. When you pour water in a glass and it's almost at the top, and you go, that's full. And you go, that's not. You keep on pouring and it starts to overflow. That's filled. And he says, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 verse 4 and 5. I need you to get this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples after his resurrection, before his ascension. And he says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, Please get this. Who's them? The disciples who were born again. Are you with me? They put their faith and trust and belief in Jesus Christ. He's risen from the dead. They are born again. How? By the Spirit of God. He said, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. My Father promised. What gift? The Holy Spirit, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you disciples who are born again by the Spirit of God, you are going to be filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost. Hmm. You're born again by the Spirit, but you need to be baptized. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word baptism means immersion, full immersion. And it's not just bunking you under something. The imagery is like a white cloth dunked into a red dye, pushed down, and you lift up this white cloth and it's now red. In other words, it takes on the nature of what it is put into. Baptism in the Holy Ghost is not I had a touch, but man, no, He so fills me that I actually start to walk like Him and talk like Him and live like Him and love like Him and forgive like Him. Come on, we start to look like Jesus Christ because the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit literally lives in us and we are changed into his image. That's why even Jesus, when he said in Matthew 28, this is not up there, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So I'm saying to you, I want you to go into all the world and I want you to make disciples of every nation, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It doesn't mean I want you to make disciples and just dunk them in water. It says, no, I want you to baptize them, immerse them until they take on the nature of the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That's what God has called us to, not just to be immersed in water, but immersed in the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Ghost so that we actually start to look like Him. That's what will change the world. Not a bunch of dumb Christians, but baptized Christians in the fullness. Woo! 
Come on now. Acts 2 verse 4. All of them. Everyone say all of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Everyone, the whole 120 in that upper room, they were all filled. Oh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for certain people, not biblical, sorry. Not biblical. Don't make a theology out of what we lack. The gift of tongues is not for everyone, not biblical. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I wish you all would speak in tongues. Come on. I want you to speak in tongues because it's going to connect you spirit. Do you know what tongues does? Many of us wrestle with the thought of speaking in tongues, of baptism, the Holy Spirit. It messes with our mind. And that's the very thing that makes it so powerful because it goes beyond your mind and it's spirit to spirit. Do you know that there's being born again, there's being a Christian, there's nothing natural about it? Understanding is an obstacle. Faith is a doorway into the supernatural. Come on. All of them were filled. Everyone in the room was filled. And they all began to speak in tongues. And don't focus even just on shumbraba shakiandara. It literally changed their language. It was a heavenly language. It came from heaven to earth. It changed their language. I want to declare by the Spirit of God, it's time for the church to rise up globally and have a different language to the world's language, a different way of speaking because we are so touched by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm almost, almost, almost done. We need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. Amen. Revelation 2 and 3 repeatedly says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. What the Spirit is saying. What tense is that? Come on. I just need my Bible. Come on. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There are too many Christians relying upon what God has said and they're not listening to what God is saying. If Abraham did that, he would have ended up sacrificing his son because he clearly heard what God had said, but he didn't sacrifice his son. Come on, church, because he was still listening to what God was saying. And sometimes God will change instructions, not because he's confused, but he wants to know if we're still reliant and still listening. A change of seasons is God is still speaking in the same way that he spoke back then. And then God says, are we still listening to what God is saying now? John and Carolee, hear what the Spirit is saying. It's saying. He said some stuff, but what is he saying to the churches? Amen. And we need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. That's probably the Holy Ghost right there. We better. We need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up and get ready. And when I say get ready, I mean get ready just to lift the roof and praise and worship. Okay, Ash, we're going to lift the roof and we're going to praise God in a moment. Thank you. You are truly my favorite. (laughs) Praise God. 
Since we are alive by the Spirit, let us keep in step. With who? Come on, we're not called to keep in step with what the world's doing. I know this is down the line old school preaching, but bring back the gospel, bring back the kingdom, bring back the Bible is what I say. Bring back the Holy Ghost. The absence of it hasn't been working for us. Come on, church. We're called to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. He says, stop, stop. If He says, go, go. If He says, turn that on, turn it on. If He says, turn it off. If He says, forgive. If He says, go. If He says, come and pray. It's just time to keep in step. The Lord said to me a few years ago, you don't need to work it out if you walk it out. A lot of people say, God, you make it clear to me. I'll do it, Lord. The Lord whispers something to you and you go, okay, God, what is that? how is that gonna work? Show me everything. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. Don't work this out, walk it out. The steps, the steps, the next step, that's ordered by the Lord. The next step. That's ordered by the Lord. I'm prophesying over you, church, right now. The next step, that's ordered by the Lord. Forget five years. Forget 10 years. The next step, ordered by the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And we need to honour the Holy Spirit. Can we turn the keys up quite a bit? That would be awesome. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We need to honour the Holy Spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit. I, I noticed in this, this, this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, who, by the way, he commended them for their faith and their love. If you listen to all the other scriptures I've been reading, keep in step with the Spirit, you'll be filled with the Spirit. But listen what he says here, and do not grieve. He didn't just say the Spirit. Describe me today. He goes, no, I want to really push this home. I want you to get this. Do not grieve. He didn't say, he just say, do not grieve the Spirit. He said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. It's like, I want to give you His full reality. Don't, don't worry if you upset people if you do not grieve the Holy Ghost. I am living in a time with a microphone in my hand that I am upsetting some people. But I tell you right now, I don't mind upsetting people if I'm not grieving the Holy Ghost. And there are some that actually don't want to upset people but end up grieving the Holy Ghost. The Lord said to me recently, you can either please me or appease people. You can't do both. And God is looking for people who will not grieve Holy Spirit of God. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We're going to end it back into worship. I want to read one last scripture. If we can go to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. Paul writes, to the church, to you and I, to ones that love God. Anyone love God? Come on, then He's writing to you and me. This is not to sinners. Please hear the word of the Lord. He says, I'm praying that out of the Father's glorious riches, the Father may strengthen you with power 
through His Spirit in your inner being. That He will strengthen you by the Holy Ghost. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, who? Ones that are born again by the Spirit of the Most High God. I pray that you, now that you're rooted and established in love in God Himself, I pray that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, what to do? To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses your knowledge, that goes beyond your understanding. Now you with me, church? That you, here's the reason that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. The first part of 16, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with the power through His Spirit in your inner being that you might be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Some might say, I've got the Holy Spirit. I don't need the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't need more. I'm baptized. Here is my encouragement from the Apostle Paul. If we are not the fullness of God, if we are not the measure of Jesus, in other words, you hold up Jesus, you hold up us, we're identical. If we are not the measure of Jesus, then we need to have more filling up. It's that simple. I am hungry. I am a spiritual glutton, Jono. Man, I love my food, but give me the Holy Ghost. And I don't care if I've been filled up today and filled up yesterday. Give me some more because I'm still not at the measure of Jesus. And God, I need more of you. He must increase and I must decrease. We're going to stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.com. Oh.